0: Welcome to the Kings of Sport, the program that's changing the game one show at a time. With your hosts Nate Milton, yes, that good, and Marcus Vanderburg, So sit back and relax because you're now down with the Kings. To the kings of sport, the program changing the game one show at a time, a.k.a. the world's most dangerous sportscast, a.k.a. iTunes' longest running. Weekly episodic program produced and hosted by two or more African-Americans who are not affiliated with a major network. I am your host, the Godfather Nate Milton. We back, and uh, we have a lot to talk about this week on the program. Uh, We have a monumental news story in the world of sports at large, and we've got a monumental news story uh, in the world of sports directly affecting me and perhaps my co-host. <laughs> so let me bring in my tag team partner. Y'all know this man. He hails from the City of Angels. Y'all give it up for Marcus. What's cooler than being cool? Ice Trey vandenberg What's good, brother? What's up, Nate? Not much, man. I, I, I'm finally starting to come down off of that cloud I was up on uh, this past weekend, brother.
1: The Atlanta Hawks, man. Laughing Laugh stock, no more.
0: Laughing stock, no more. We got a coach. We got a star player.
1: Well, you have a coach now. Let's let's see if the coach is still here next
0: year. The coach uh, has options now. Look, look here. Look here's the thing, Nate McMillan. Like, you you was cast aside by the Mandiana Pacers. Nobody wanted you but the Hawks. We gave you a home. And then when we got rid of Lloyd Pierce, you ascended to that head coach level, and we reciprocated with, with some outstanding play since you done took mm-hmm. over. You don't want to leave this, man. I'm
1: saying, you know. To go where, New Hawks Orleans? To... You don't want that. Coach assaulted, um...
0: Go to Boston. You don't want that Nate McMillan.
1: Go Coach Luca. The, the Dallas <laughs> Mavericks seem like a, a bit of a mess right now.
0: Yeah, the Mavericks are a little suspect right now. But, uh, yeah, NBA is – is we we, ha- we are down to our final four markets. It is wild. Uh, so we were going to talk a lot of NBA on this episode. We're also going to get into a little bit of uh, pro wrestling as WWE had their Hell in a Cell spectacular question mark. Uh, This past weekend, and one of us may have watched a little bit of it, uh, and one of us watched absolutely none of it at all. Uh, But we'll still talk a little wrestling uh, to close out the show. But before we get to that, Marcus, uh, we do have, like I mentioned off the top, a big news story uh, that came across the wire yesterday. And so I I feel like as much as, you know, you and me, we both repping A with our headgear, as much as we want to talk about America's team, the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, I do feel like we gotta, uh, you know, do the right thing and lead off with the story that has the most resonance, even outside of the world of sports.
1: Yeah, um, Las Vegas Raiders player Carl Asput came out as gay yesterday on Instagram, and it was, um, you know, it, it was historic because a he's an active NFL player and be, especially NFL. I think NFL still has that stigma of being this macho, you know, manly sport. Mm-hmm. And for someone to be brave enough to come forward, because he's not the first football player to announce he's gay. I mean, Michael Sam was is the big one, but we've had former retired mm-hmm. NFL players come forward after the fact to say, yeah, I'm gay. But for someone who's actively playing to do this, knowing that some might not agree with his his choice. Uh, there's a sense of bravery that comes with that. And I, I do think that in 2021, we're in a better spot than we were even when Michael Sam was coming out of Missouri in terms of just tolerance um, for gay people. And I think he will still, and probably mostly from the fans, to be honest, and, and his peers. I don't think his peers are going to have an issue with this. I can yeah. see definitely some, some fan bases especially when he's on the road, giving him a hard time, unfortunately. But I think internally within the team, um, he will be accepted and embraced. And um, this will sort of become hopefully the norm where people feel comfortable enough to share that news and it not be a story.
0: Yeah, it's wild, man, because for those that – our subscribers to the Kings of Sport Patreon, uh, patreon.com backslash the Kings of Sport. One of the things that we've been doing lately is, you know, way back weekends where we're airing the original, the classic episodes of the podcast and going back and listening to, you know, topics that we discussed in 2013, Marcus, whether you're talking about Jason Collins in the NBA or, you know, Michael Sam, like you mentioned, or even, you know, like the Kerry Rhodes situation with, Hollywood Simpson and that's that's an interview that is coming up pretty soon here on the Patreon. So if y'all missed the Hollywood Simpson episode, that's something that y'all need to check out because uh yeah, like to this day Marcus, that might be the biggest thing we've ever promoted and actually delivered on cuz it was like 2 months of build up yes. <laughs> for this damn interview and we actually delivered. So uh uh check that out. But but that's kind of where the world was at when it came to, you know, LGBTQ athletes and particularly, like you said, with that hyper-masculine atmosphere in the NFL, we didn't think this was something that was going to happen anytime soon. And so I think it's a big deal on two fronts. One, we've got an active player, which is huge. But then the other thing, Marcus, is like uh, massive. And the funny thing is because I only knew the name from playing Madden, and I never looked at the dude's picture. So I'm thinking like the whole time I've been calling this man Carl Nassib. Like I mm-hmm. thought he was like some badass Middle Eastern brother out here playing D line. I'm like, this boy Carl Nassib is a beast. A monster. Do you remember him from uh from Hard Nuts? No, I, I I missed that season.
1: Cleveland? Oh, okay. He was funny. He was um his whole gimmick was that like he would give financial advice to his teammates mm. during during his time in Cleveland. And um you should mention he went to Penn State yeah, he's a Pennsylvania um, guy. Yeah, he's a Pennsylvania guy. He is um he's no slouch. He's, he's been a pretty good player in the lead so far. He was a, a yeah. great player. Let, let, see that's
0: the other thing, It's Like not only is he active, but like he's not somebody unfortunately like a Michael Sam, who I think had that difficulty making that transition, both on the field and off the field, into the yeah. NFL. Like this, is a dude that's been in the league four or five years, and you know I think he averages like 40, 50 tackles a year, four or five sacks a year. So he's not some scrub. Like he's a dude that that can actually play, and I think, like you mentioned, just him being himself, and like even in the video, like you can see that personality. Uh, like I think he's somebody that is a a a great ambassador. I think for the cause, for the struggle. And also, you know, not only did he come out in that video, but he uh, pledged to donate $100,000 to the yep. uh, Trevor Project. Which yeah. is a, a great thing.
1: And I, I think he, I mean, he might be aware of other players that are active in the league that are gay. Mm-hmm. And there might be some conversations going on behind the scenes just in terms of you know him supporting them and vice versa. Um, you know I think you know if you're if you're around teammates and there's a certain level of trust there and I'm sure I'm sure his teammates were not surprised by this announcement, put it like that. Yeah. Um, you know the the rest of the league might have been, of course, but you know, I, I think You would hope that if you're on a team, if you're around these guys, that you have a certain level of trust and comfort that you're able to at least be your true, authentic self within, you know, a locker room Mm. and they're able to at least hold on to that, to that secret.
0: Yeah, I'm like, I'm really proud of the brother. Like, I think so often you know, and I saw this la- yesterday, Marcus. Particularly last night, when people commenting about uh, Carl's announcement and like, you know, what wh- what's the big deal? You know, should I announce that I'm straight? It's like, like the fact that that my man did this
1: mm-hmm.
0: in the middle of Pride Month. Like, let's not forget that. Like, I yeah. think that ties That's into important. this as well. Uh, but like, of course, it's a big deal, and it's not a big deal. Uh, you know, because he's gay, it's a big deal because he's the first, right? Anytime you put the first in front of something, it's a big deal. And I'm thinking in particular, you know, of the young men around the country that are playing sports that, that might be gay or might, you know, have questions about their identity and have felt like you said, Marcus, that they've had to keep this hidden from people and bury that part of themselves. Seeing somebody like Carl, go out here and, and make a statement like this, I can't imagine, like, the type of acknowledgement and the type of reinforcement that gives them. So, yeah, like, this this is a big deal. Like, it may not mean much to you, like, random Internet dude uh, making comments last night, but this is a big deal for a lot of people, and to diminish that is short-sighted, in my opinion. Yeah. And, so, you know... I- I guess what I was going to say real quick, Marcus, is the the natural question, I guess, would be what comes next. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, is this the opening of the floodgates or is this, for lack of a better analogy, like the drop in the bucket? Like, like, where do you feel that Carl Nassib's announcement is going to kind of take the NFL in terms of attitudes towards, uh, you know, the LGBT community?
1: I think it's going to put pressure on them to do better. And that's not even to say that they've done poorly. It's just, you know, you know now that you have an active gay player and it, as responsibly of, the, of being the lead, you have a right to protect this man. Because as we mentioned, he's going to get some blowback and all eyes will be in the lead to see how they respond to that. You know, if you've been following some of the soccer stuff in Mexico where they're still, you know, doing homophobic chants at at matches, got mm-hmm. to the point where they banned fans from matches because of these chants. I'm not expecting a, a anti-gay chant to break out at an NFL game, but I definitely wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if he could if Carl could hear fans taunting him, to, you know, from the yeah. bench. And at that point, what do you do as a league? How do you respond to the situation to make sure that your player is protected? So I think that's where the added responsibility of the league will come in is, you know, how do you get ahead of this? Because um, we've already seen some outrageous fan behavior since um, the return of, of fans to sports. Yep. And I do not expect that to all of a sudden stop in the fall once once football's back. I actually expect it to get worse because, you know, it, it's football is, pre-COVID was notorious for fights and just bad behavior. So you know you you add in this you add in you know a post covid world you add in the fact that fans have been mostly kept away for the last year and i think it's just mm-hmm. a recipe for disaster so um the nfl is going to have to get ahead of that
0: yeah i would agree with that i think also marcus uh, and shout out to uh, brother travis who is watching us and shout out to everybody tuning in live to the Kings of Sport uh this wonderful afternoon but uh travis co-signed your uh, hard knocks uh story earlier uh, about Carl uh, but but I think Marcus this is a situation where the NFL and, and his fellow players right they've got to set the tone because mm-hmm. as much as I like I, I don't want to throw all this pressure on the rest of the players but the fans are going to follow suit right like if the fans see you mistreating this dude if the fans see you making fun of this dude ostracizing this dude whatever They're going to pick up the pace. They're going to mimic your behavior. And there's some that is going to do it anyway without any prompting. But I feel like a larger number of them will behave badly if they see the players in the league not doing anything about it. Uh, The other thing I think, Marcus, is this is a time for allyship. And, you know, we saw how some of the white players rallied around the black players, you know, last summer. And I feel like, you know, like for a lot of the black players, they might feel like this ain't they struggle, but Mm -hmm. it's all of our struggles, right? It's like it might not affect them directly, but it's part of the fraternity. And if my brother is hurting, if my brother needs help, if my brother needs support, I got to be there for him. And so I would hope that, you know, we see a lot of, you know, teammates that might not be, Uh, LGBTQ might not be in the same situation as Carl I hope that they would kind of rally around this dude because yeah like he's gonna he's gonna get some praise off the top markets I think for coming out and being brave but three months from now six months from now when all the praise is gone that's when it's gonna get real and we are gonna see what people really think about this man yeah I also don't want the league to sort
1: of uh, take advantage of Crawl coming out in mm. terms of trying to parade him around like a like a show pony, yeah. And I think you know when Darren Young became public and he came out and WWE, talk about it. They did not. They weren't equipped to handle that situation properly, and um, I think that might have prevented other at least other male wrestlers from coming out publicly because you know it's it's one thing to be black and sort of. You know be the the minority in the room um and feel like you're sort of being taken advantage of but to to be a, a gay man to come out like that it's it's you gotta really be careful and if you're not equipped to to handle that, then you need to leave it alone or or find someone who can actually handle um his situation with the the proper expected needs and mm. you know i i don't I don't know. The lead front office, and you know who's gay, who's straight, it doesn't matter to me. But I do think there's a sensitivity there that they are going to probably need to to you know really figure out as they start to get close to the NFL season.
0: Yeah, and so uh before we wrap up this uh, particular topic, Marcus, uh, I do want to bring attention to the question in the chat, man. Mm-hmm. Isn't Richie Incognito still on the Raiders? Is that true or not? Because Rich Richie, sit. Sit down, eat your food. Don't say nothing, Richie.
1: Uh, Let's see. Oh, yes, he is. Oh, yeah. Maybe there's a a headline. uh, There's a headline about incognito using homophobic language at dolphins. That came up because of, yeah.
0: Maybe this will be a time for Richie to learn something finally. Uh, go because obviously he didn't learn it during the Jonathan Martin incident. So hopefully he learns something now with Carl. Richie is also going to be thirty-eight next
1: month, so maybe his time is coming to an end. Regardless, but mm. um, yeah, that that that's a great a great example of a person who you know should probably be calling Carl to settle any awkwardness that might be because of his past and to say, Hey, how can I help you with, with this, right? How yeah. can I be an ally to you? Because people do remember that, you know, his Jonathan Martin thing was pretty public. And um, for for Richie's sake, that happened at a time I think when people were not I think more in tune with things like that. It feels like because it was twenty thirteen he got yeah. a pass.
0: Uh, people actually if that, if that were blaming now, Jonathan Martin for that.
1: Yeah, you know, it it feels like we've gone through a bit of a, a culture shift. Mm-hmm. And if that happened in 2021, then I think he would be out to lead.
0: Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully, this, like you said, Marcus, this can be a, a learning opportunity uh, for Richie and, and the rest of the league. Um, uh, but if not, you know, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not wishing for somebody to get cut, Marcus, but just maybe ship him to Chicago. Which is just as bad as being cut. Yes. Oh, there's Justin Fields. I, look, I'm hoping Justin Fields doesn't play until, like, after the bye. Uh, I don't want him to ruin this kid. I don't, th- I don't think they'll start him. Like, let uh, let your man Andy Dalton take all them hits. Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah, so, again, big up to Carl uh, Nassib uh, from the Las Vegas Raiders. Came out yesterday, uh, you know, Again, in the middle of Pride Month, it's a big thing. So, uh, shout out to that brother, salute to that brother, and uh, again, Marcus, we hope all the parties involved will will do the right thing because this could be the start of you know something big for the NFL and and, and in sports in general. Mm-hmm. Ah, but that being the case, Marcus, we didn't talked about we didn't talked about one man's coming out party. We celebrated that brother, but there was another man, Marcus Vandenberg, who had a coming out party of his own the last couple of weeks. Kevin Herter. (laughs) Hey, shout out to that man Red Velvet for doing the damn thing. Uh, But, no, we're not talking about Red Velvet. We're not even talking about Bogey. We're talking about Marcus's nephew, Trey the Trey Young on these streets. Marcus, let's talk some NBA starting with arguably the biggest story of the playoffs uh, in the last week or so, and that is the 76ers collapsing, choking, falling at the feet. Of Nate McMillan and them Hawks. Well, what did you think about that series, brother? Uh,
1: I think if Joel was healthy, number one, I think the, the Sixers would have won. But you know, no one's been healthy, so um, you, you can't factor that in. I was shocked only because the sisters lost three games at home, and they are historically over the last few years a pretty good home team. Probably the best in the league, to be honest. And for them to lose three home games, especially you know some of those collapses, was you know stunning. And the fact that Trey Young had uh, such a poor game seven, and still mm. the Hawks were able to to win on the road like that, um, you know, I, I think Atlanta's not getting enough credit. I think a lot of it's just been on Ben Simmons and you know Doc Rivers and the is choking, but. Atlanta still had to they still had to find a way to yep to overcome Trey's bad game, um Bodie not being 100%, no DeAndre um Hunter, uh no Cam Reddish. Um so they're they're you know down these major pieces and they were still able to to pull out that series.
0: Yeah, uh, first of all, shout out to my 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 brother Felix Omedo, uh, former hey, co-hoster of the Pipe bomb radio show with me back in the day. Uh, shout out to that man out there in California. He's, he's, I don't know exactly where he is in California, but he's a hell of a lot closer to you than he is to me. Uh, so shout out to Felix, who he's been getting his workout on, Marcus, during this pandemic. So he out here getting swole for the people. Oh, really? Uh, but uh, talking about these Hawks, man, I think you're right in the sense that a lot of the coverage has been about what Philly didn't do. And not what Atlanta did do. And mm-hmm. so, like, yeah. Like, I think the only game really where Philly fell off, fell off, was game, was game, uh, was it five where they had that big collapse? Game five, yeah, in Philly. Yeah, where they had a 26-point lead and just choked it away. Uh, like, who, who would ever choke away a 20-plus point lead, Marcus? Like, that's, that don't even make no sense. The uh
1: the, the percentage odds were I think it's actually the same as the twenty eight three <laughs> game,
0: and the yeah, and so like that game yeah Philly Philly gave that away but the rest of these games the Hawks won those games man like and you got to give credit like Trey even in even in game seven like you said Marcus when Trey didn't have the best game like and he probably should have stopped taking those long distance three pointers that he loves so much he still mm-hmm. hit one big late yep. And so like I, I think this is a, a really really fun team to watch. I didn't think they were gonna beat the sixers so I was pleasantly surprised. I don't think they're gonna beat the bucks Marcus but if they do that wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world because they play they play like they they don't know. That they're supposed to be the the underdogs. They play like they play hard. They play good defense. You know, they're they're not like a lockdown defensive squad, but they play decent defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the biggest thing for the Hawks that I saw in that series, though, is if they can get Trey like another star, this team's gonna be a problem. Because as much as I love Bogey and Gallo and, and like, I think Collins is on to come up and Clint Capella has always been solid, like, he doesn't have, like, a, a Robin to his Batman. Like, Kevin Herter, as much as we love Red Velvet, Kevin Herter ain't it. But, like, if yeah. he can get a, a, a legit number two, this team might be a problem, Marcus.
1: I think the idea would be Collins to be that number two mm. because he's going to be up for a match contract soon. And... At this point, they would be silly not to do it. So, you know, as you got to remember, Collins is only 23. Yeah. Trey is only 22. Um, I think John can still develop into being that number two guy alongside Trey because I, the idea of, of you know, I think what has helped the Hawks this year is just their, their death. They've been able to, you know, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, they, they, um, they lost some starters, even in the series with, with Bogey, and they're still able to, you know, have a Gallo off the bench, a Lou Williams off the bench, um, even though he's not getting any run at the moment. Like, Tony Snell and Tristan are off the bench, so they were able to, you know, get all of these guys that were able to serve the role during a, a weird season of injuries and COVID. So, unless you're willing to sacrifice a Gallo and a Bogey mm-hmm. and maybe a young piece like a Herder to bring in. Uh, a third star, um, you know, you're rolling the dice in terms of taking away some of that depth that got them to this point.
0: Yeah, that, that's a good point. I think where they're at now, Marcus, I think they're in a good place to always be in contention, you know, for the next couple of seasons, if they kind of stay pat. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I do think like, if you want to take that next step where you can be a favorite, like they might have to, like you said, kind of, you know, mortgage some of that bench depth, to get another star, and in particular, like, I think they need somebody, because, like, I think you're right. Collins is is continuing to develop, but I think they need another guy they can depend on to make shots late. Yeah. And that, like, Bogey can make a shot, Herter can make a shot, Gallo can make a shot, but can you depend on him consistently? That's the question.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think Herter's interesting. I mean, Herter... I think most people did not discover Kevin Herter until two weeks ago. Um, but you and I have been watching a lot more Hawks games than probably most. We, we, we know all about that man, Opie Cunningham, on these streets. This is his third year. He's also 22. So I think you got to remember all this when you're talking about the Hawks. Mm. You guys, That's a good point. Guys, yeah, him and Trey came in the same draft. Two guys that are 22. Collins is 23. McCombu, um, who did not get a lot of time this year, he was injured. Yeah, he Nathan was, uh, Knight a lottery pit for them at SC. Um, Akandu's 20. And I think he, you know, getting fast forward into August with Summer League, like the fact that Summer League is around, I think it's going to be great for guys like Akandu, who Mm -hmm. um, did not get that experience last year because of COVID. He, for example, did not get a lot of play this season. But I think having sort of Summer League will help elevate some of these guys that will just, you know, even from a confidence point of view, just going in, being being able to sort of put up stats you know, in a game, and hopefully that will carry over to um, the following season. So, uh, you know, they have some some great young pieces there. Even Capella's only twenty seven, even though he feels like he's been in the lead forever. I was gonna say, yeah, um, Capella's
0: sneaky, sneaky young.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, and I don't know, you know, because they're making this such a deep playoff run. I don't know what their, their draft pick will look like this year, mm-hmm. um, which is a pretty deep draft, but. Um, you know, I think they're they're in a good spot. The, the the issue will be, can they keep Nate McMillan? And if they mm-hmm. lose Nate McMillan to another opening, you know, what does that sort of do for this team next season? Because as we saw this year, they were a different team under Lloyd Pierce. And you know, you can yeah. you can you can read between the lines and why that might have been. But as soon as Lloyd Pierce was gone, they started winning. And um, so I think the Hawks need to do anything they can to, to keep Nate
0: with this team. And the, like the hot rumor is that there's a contract offer on the table, but they're waiting until their playoff run ends. And so I'm hoping that's true, Marcus, because I, yes, you could say uh new Orleans is an attractive spot where you've got Zion or even Boston, where you've got uh Jason Tatum and, and, and Jalen Brown. But to me, I think Trey Young is a guy on the come up, you know? And if if you're Nate McMillan and you're like, who are these young stars will I get to spend the next, you know, three to five years, maybe even longer, depending on how the run goes. Mm -hmm. I think Trey Young, there's a pretty convincing case to be made that you kind of want to hit your wagon to this kid. Trey stock has probably gone up the most this, this playoffs,
1: um, you know, for the long, it's always been, oh, Trey and Luca and the, the whole, you know, how the hot stats put on that Dallas trade with Luca. Mm. All of a sudden, Luca is at home. Um, the Mavericks have gone through this transformation or the process of getting transformed after a story about some of Luca's behavior and just some of the front office culture in general came out. Um, maybe the Hawks didn't lose that trade but the, the Hawks had a draft pick in return I think that mm-hmm. pick was Cam Reddish I want to say yeah. Um, so it wasn't just like there was a one for one trade the, the Hawks got another asset in return and
0: I, we still don't know I don't think we still know what Cam Reddish is
1: no and after, as I mentioned you know I was listing off the the guys I think the, the one player who took the biggest leap was DeAndre Hunter this year Mm -hmm. before he got hurt and Hunter, another guy who's 23, who, you know, at, at, at Virginia was sort of known as a, you know, a three and D guy. And, um, he's, you know, I think he can really transform into a, a starting, uh, three in this league. So, um, and as you mentioned, Radish is someone who I think we don't know what his, his ceiling can be. Um, he is, He's even younger. He's only 21. Um, So I I think there's definitely, if if the Hawks wanted to get that third star, they have the assets to do it. Mm -hmm. And that that sometimes is the hardest part is, you know, what kind of young talent do you have to to trade? And I think between Hunter and Reddish and Herter, you have three young guys that I think um, could get you some combination of of a third star.
0: Yeah, it's a great place to be because, like you said, they can package those young dudes to get a third star or they could stand pat and see what these guys develop into with another year under their belt. Yeah. So uh, uh, we'll we'll talk about the Hawks-Bucks here in a second, Marcus, but before we leave this series with uh, the 76ers and the process, Marcus Vandenberg, you know, I think the biggest riddle, the biggest puzzle that has yet to be solved is – does the process work do Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid fit together does Ben Simmons work in on this team in this system does Doc Rivers work what are your thoughts about these 76ers real quick
1: um, Ben Simmons it's a it's a gap to go situation um, he can't stay there it's
0: it's not fair to yeah, you, Ben you ain't gotta go home you ain't gotta go back to Australia but yeah. you gotta get the hell up out of here man It's not fair to Joel at this point. Um, No, yeah. And – Because Embiid was – like, he actually had uh, some decent games in this series, but where was the help? He did with a, you know, torn meniscus. Yeah. Like, you can't count on Seth Curry to have 20-something points every game. uh Uh-uh. But once once that – and I didn't really
1: appreciate his quote about throwing, you know, Ben Simmons under the bus after game yeah. seven. Him
0: and Doc um, kinda threw Ben under the bus. Yeah. I you know, if you
1: if you're going to be a true leader in this league, you know, not to, to call out LeBron, but I don't think LeBron would do something like that. You might do it privately, which is one thing. Yeah. But you know, if if you're if you're supposed to be the leader of this team and at least mention the man by name, don't try to sort of dance around the subject. But <laughs> so I, I think Ben has to go the problem is, you know, he's got a hefty contract. Yeah. he His stock is at a, you know, all-time low. Mm-hmm. So you need to find someone that can take on his deal. And then you have to figure out what kind of, you know, sort of like, um, in addition to Ben Simmons, what else are you paying? So you, are you giving up a draft pick to take on yeah. Ben Simmons? Because now... You know, you're you're asking a lot for a team to take. And what position back. is he going
0: to play? Because I I think Ben Simmons yeah. point guard might need to be a done deal.
1: It might be uh, if, if he if he. There's a difference between, um, you can't shoot and you won't shoot. If you he, won't shoot, then you allow teams to you know really defensively, you know cause problems. Now if you can't shoot, you can at least keep teams honest. And we've seen, look Russell Westbrook can't really shoot that well but he is not afraid to shoot right um Giannis for example he shoots way too many jumpers but you know every time every now and then he'll make one um so it's it's more so his ability not to shoot um if he if he's just a poor shooter you can still probably make you know 28 30 percent of your threes in the NBA especially if you're getting wide open looks at times yeah. That's enough to at least keep teams honest. But if if, if teams know that they can steam around you, not not shooting at all, yep, then you're just defensively you're just causing headaches. For there the
0: there were times in this series where he was wide open in the corner, and he yeah. didn't want any part of that. Yeah, I mean that that
1: layup will that layup will unfortunately go down as you know I'm going to say not his entire legacy because he's still young, but that's that's going to be hard to overcome that that one play in particular.
0: Uh, yeah, he was under I, the basket and he, he he dished out. That that's the other thing, though. Marcus is like, yeah, I get it. If you if you don't want to be a three point shooter, but you was right there at the hoop, and you kicked it out. And so and
1: that's that's a shot he would normally take during the rest of the season. I mean, he was he's he's someone who, as as teams start to move away from shooting within the paint, that that's his game. Yeah, anything within the paint, he shoots pretty well. And that for some reason he decided not to take that shot.
0: Like, I I think Ben works best on a team with. Multiple shooters around him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's not Philly right now. And the other thing is, like if, if you're gonna center your offense in Philly around Joel Embiid, then you gotta be if you're Ben Simmons, you gotta be reliable when the ball comes out to you. Yeah. And he's not that right now. So I, I kind of agree with you, Marcus. Like I think Doc gets one more year just based off of reputation, but this is probably and it, it probably should be, Ben's uh last go round with the Sixers. And if you're taking on Ben Simmons,
1: um, I think if you if you have the right coaching staff to work with him in the right offensive scheme, mm-hmm. like he is, uh, he's still very good. Don't don't let you know the playoffs get you interested yeah. about Ben Simmons. Like he's, he, a defender, he's, he's a great
0: defender. Yeah. He's a great passer.
1: He still sits ten, who can still pass, and yep. there's just not a lot of guys that are that are like that. So. If he can even just have the confidence to shoot, he doesn't have to make them. Just, just hmm. attempt the shots. He will you know, he will be a, a great player in this league. But um, if this is a situation where it, it's mental, then I hope that he is able to get that worked out this off season And maybe hmm. he needs to call Markel Foltz. Who, yep. I was just about to bring that um, name up. Yeah, Foltz is someone who, uh, if it was the yips or what, but he... Could not hit a shot, could not take shots, got to Orlando before the the ACL injury, had turned himself into a, a pretty decent point guard. And if you looked at his numbers, his free throw percentage in particular, it's I think it almost doubled from the time his rookie year. So he was able to figure it out. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure some of it was, um, you know, going through his, his motions and, um, you know, Working with coaches, but I'm sure a lot of it was also mental, just trying to get out of your head, in no situation. So maybe not he needs being to, in Philly. Well, yeah, that that too. That will <laughs> that will help anyone, to be honest.
0: <laughs> uh so let's talk about this Buck series real quick. Marcus Easter Conference Finals. Uh, your man Giannis Antetokounmpo, and then boys taking on these scrappy Atlanta Hawks, and and I picked. Philly in the last series and some like, there's a part of me that wants to come out here and be like uh, the good sister L Duncan and be like I ain't never scared.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm a little scared, Marcus. So I, I'm gonna pick the Bucks in six. I think the Hawks will give them give them a good series, but I'm going with the Bucks in six. But I, I hope to be wrong on this one. I think
1: the Bucks are getting too much credit for the net series. Mm -hmm. Let's not forget Kyrie went down, James Harden Harden. had a a, a strain, hamstring injury that, you know, if if it weren't the playoffs, he would have been out.
0: (laughs) I think I cut Marcus's mic. Let's see if I can bring him back. I cut your mic off? (laughs) I'm back. All right. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> Proceed, Proceed, brother. I just I just wanted to show you who was running things around here.
1: Mm. All right, Steve Nash. Um, <laughs> I was saying that this was not 100% Brooklyn team. You know, right? Kyrie Harden being hurt. I think Milwaukee is getting too much credit. I know there are people that think the the Bucks are going to sweep the Hawks. Uh, I don't mm. see that happening at all. Steve Willie, we we know you are out there, Steve Willie. Yeah. I I think Milwaukee's the better team, but, yeah. you know, I think we if we haven't known anything about the Hots now, then we haven't been paying attention. So I think that series will go uh, at least six games. If it goes seven, it wouldn't surprise me either. Any chance
0: they get the, uh, Hunter back for this series?
1: He's out for the year. Damn.
0: What about Cam? Uh, I think Cam is out for the year. Let me see. Hopefully Bogey's back because uh, I know Bogey was struggling towards the end of that series with with uh, injuries. Uh, so Cam has
1: a Achilles issue and it's just soreness. So I guess there's a chance he could return. Mm. Um, but yeah, if, if Bogey played Game Seven, but he wasn't really great. Um, no. You know they they do have Tony Snell that they can throw out there, and it's gonna I be up it, to Lemon well, Pepper
0: Lou to get this thing done.
1: Yeah, Lou. I mean, Lou's been he's been okay. Hit that one game, game five where he had a spurt, but he's not. I think the Lou Williams of the Clippers era, yeah. at all.
0: I, and yeah. I think this this goes to what I was saying earlier, Marcus. the one thing that gives me pause as a Hawks fan is when Trey's not on the floor. What is your offense? Uh, and I think we saw that in Game Six. Like yeah. they were going back and forth, and then like the five minutes Trey was out, like between the third and fourth quarter, that's where they lost the game, right there.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't know if you want, want Trey in all 48. So they're gonna need, you know, the bench to to step up when he does need to take his breaks. Like red velvet,
0: red velvet. This is about to be your series, man. Him, he's in the starting lineup. He, um... Either either that, or they need to find a way that they can wear the MLK jerseys for all all of the games, because they're a different team with them jerseys on. Marcus, they're, they're inspired. <laughs> Not only do you have the the spirit of of Brother Martin, but I think like they actually sent the jerseys to get blessed by the Pope. They did, yeah. So I like I I wonder what like what well, like what the overall record is with just those jerseys. So I'm sure it's got to be well over five hundred it must be cuz yeah like it, it I know it, it's not true uh just statistically speaking but every time I turn on a game where they were on during the regular season with those jerseys they won
1: might have to look that up and see
0: so uh. <laughs> uh so yeah I'm going I'm going Bucks Marcus although uh my heart hopes the Hawks find a way to to win this thing and and it sounds like you're going Bucks too but uh you know six or seven games yeah I I mean the butts should win this. And if
1: the butts don't win this series, then Bud Bud needs to know. That's
0: a wrap for the booty man.
1: This is I mean, this is Milwaukee's path to the title. This is yep. a pretty easy path.
0: You get through Atlanta and then you like, get honestly, not LeBron. Like, I think not we can Steph. say it now, even though like the bubble season was a weird season. Like they kinda choked last year. They should have made it to the finals last year. Yeah. So if you do it two years in a row.
1: I mean, they are they were pretty close to losing Against the the Nets till yep. the injuries, so um, yeah, this is going to be.
0: And I think this this would be worse, even if it is in the in the Eastern Conference Finals, because it's one thing if you lose the KD who is having historic performances, but if you lose the Trey Young and this scrappy band of Hawks, like yeah, you you might have to lose your job on that coach. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, game one is on Wednesday night.
0: So uh, by the time this comes out, you will know uh, whether I'm having a good week or a bad week. Uh, let's switch over real quick, Marcus, to the Western Conference, where uh, we have the Suns who are up a game on the LA Clippers and uh, the the Paul George led LA Clippers playoff p. Marcus, well, what are your thoughts on uh, on Game One and the, the series going forward out west? So no
1: Kawhi. No CP3 for now. Um, the Clippers, the title deserves credit for the adjustments he made against Utah, especially, you know, trying to neutralize who to go bear. I don't think they're going to beat Phoenix without Kawhi Leonard. Um, even if Chris Paul doesn't play, which it sounds like he will be back at some point in the series. I just yeah. think that you know they they can't rely just on Paul George to you know get them four wins. Um, they got a, and you're not going
0: to get 40 um, from Terrence Mann every night.
1: Yeah, I mean you know Terrence Mann had only had nine in game one. Reggie Jackson is still shooting over his head somehow. Um, mm. Eventually he will come back to Mr. Earth. June. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got Marcus Morris who was injured. Mm. Um. You know, you got Nick Batum who's starting. It's just, you, know, if, you if you looked at this team.
0: Like, I forgot no, Nick Batum no was still in the league until this yeah, postseason.
1: He, 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 um, Charlotte caught him. Clippers signed him. He he pretty much started the entire season for the Clippers. And, he, um, you know, he was, he was fine. He would, he had open three in the corner. He would, you know, do Nick Batum things. Um. <laughs> Yet she shot 40% from three this year, which was a, um, a pretty good number for him. So he was fine, but I also don't think that Nick Batum is going to be that piece to get you over the top. No. So uh, I think Phoenix, you know, between Booker and Aiden alone mm-hmm. are, are going to be too much, let alone once you get Chris Paul back. And assuming that he's 100% healthy, um, I think the, the Suns will, will win the series.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like, I I felt that we were, you know, we talked a few weeks ago about our predictions. And I remember talking about the L.A. Phoenix series. And I said, Marcus, like, whoever wins that series, to me, is my favorite to win the West.
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: I just felt like if the Lakers won that, then LeBron and them would be off to the races. And if Phoenix won that, they would be so buoyed by that upset. uh, And... Chris Paul and Devin Booker and Aiden as you mentioned like I think to me they are the b- and this might even I don't know I don't know how this is gonna sound to you Marcus I think they might be the best overall team left like from top to bottom like they might um, not have the biggest star on yeah, the court but I think overall to me they just feel like the best team right now uh I just, if you compare their bit three
1: to Giannis, Middleton, and Drew Holiday, mm-hmm. uh, I think you know Giannis is the best of the six for sure. Yeah, and then I think you would slot Booker two, and the way Chris you want Middleton been pointed, or Paul. I would. I, I mean, the way he's been playing, I think you would put Chris Paul three, mm-hmm. and then you would probably the Middleton, go Aiden, Holiday, Middleton. Middleton I would put Holiday over Aiden just because Mm -mm. defensively what what Drew can do and I think that's if the Hawks do lose it'll be because it'll be because Drew Holiday just shut down Trey Young defensively Mm. so um, yeah I guess it's you know it's pretty close the question would be you know what's the gap between Giannis and and Devin Booker between one and two and I think we've seen Giannis just you know finally not be on a minutes limit even though they'll never you know admit to having him on a minute's limit, but if you looked at the game logs for the regular season, even for last year's playoffs, like Giannis wasn't playing 40, 45 minutes a game in the playoffs. And that was a major criticism of Coach Bud was, you, you have this, this guy, Giannis, who is a, you know, a free talent. Why aren't you sort of carrying him, you know, riding him through the playoffs? And Finally, during this Brooklyn series, you know, we saw him play 50 minutes and, and a
0: young talent, played. too. Like, he's not like LeBron,
1: yeah. like, who's near the end of his career. Like, this dude mm-hmm. is in his
0: prime. So, you
1: know, when you're when you're scoring, I think because of the numbers have been just so inflated over the last few years, but you know, the fact that he had 40 and 13, like, that at one point was a big deal, and now it's sort of like, ah, we've seen that, <laughs> it's not as big of a deal, but no, that that's but when you look across the the other team and Katie has 48 and nine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, in the bench has no points, um, no points at all. So I think, you know, Giannis, I think I would give Giannis the edge in terms of that trio, just because of
0: what he can do on the court. Mm. So I think I'm going to go. And this, this all depends on Chris Paul, you know, cause the, the reports I've been seeing, have him maybe coming back in game three Uh mm-hmm. but you know who knows it's a f- fluid situation Uh I'm gonna say Suns in five I'll give I'll give them a gentleman sweep Suns in five is my pick where are you going so the Clippers
1: have been down 0-2 uh, the last two series and they've, they've come home and even the series and and closed out um game is tonight on tuesday i'm expecting another phoenix victory and the clippers will turn home Uh, i think they will split at home against phoenix assuming that chris paul returns in there for for game three and uh you know i think
0: like you the the suns will win at five so we're looking at a suns Bucks series perhaps uh so that'll be interesting that'll be fun uh or maybe a Suns Hawks series. Who knows, Marcus? You you can never tell these days. Yeah. You, I'm just letting you... the people know right now, Marcus, like I'm uh-huh. I'm calling my shot in a cautious way. If if these Hawks manage to mess around and make it to the NBA finals. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be ridiculous the whole damn finals. Yeah. And, and don't let them mess around and win this thing, Marcus. Slow down, slow down there. Slow down. <laughs> they still playing Atlanta. i was saying now, 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 I'm sounding too much like L. Duncan. Yes. Like, but look, you know, you know, the Hawks is doing something when Bamani Jones is starting to get back on that narcotic.
1: Yeah. Though he he claims he's not. He he thought about it and he's not going to he, to go all in. But we'll look, see. look,
0: look, look. His words say he's not, but i seen him on his highly questionable. Like, his mm-hmm. eyes say he's back in. He's on that stuff. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's do on that Atlanta is, narcotic. Do you think this is good for the league in terms of having fresh blood?
0: I do. I, I think that, you know, that's one thing I heard this week, Mark, is where a lot of people saying that this was going to be a starless finals, potentially, and I'm like, no, it's just not the stars you're used to having. It's not LeBron or Kawhi or, you know, uh, the Splash Brothers, right? These, But, you know, you can't tell me that Giannis isn't a star. You can't tell me that Devin Booker and Trey Young aren't emerging stars. You know, uh, Paul Young, if the Clippers do manage, Paul George, if the Clippers do manage to get there, like, Paul George has been a dude that's been putting in work for a while. Uh, so I feel like... Just the unpredictability of this season is something kind of novel for the NBA because you know for the longest time you could pencil in who you thought were going to make the finals by midseason, Marcus. Mm-hmm. And now we do like we have no idea. Like I think it's going to be the Bucks and the Suns, but for all we know, it could end up being the Hawks and the Clippers, and that'd be an interesting finals too.
1: I mean, we went an entire decade with either LeBron or Steph. In the finals. Yep. like yeah, that That's a long time to have one of those two guys in the finals. And, um, you know, I, I think fans do get burned out of seeing the same team or same player, especially casual fans, over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that both of those guys are at home it, so far has not hurt the ratings at all. Um, people are, are invested. The, the basketball has, has gotten better. It started off a little choppy in that first round, but um, some yeah. of these game sevens we've, we've seen, especially the the Nets Bucks game, um, was excellent. So I think the fans will continue to watch as long as the basketball is good. And you know, it might not have two you know cities that you're you know that are quote unquote sort of sexy cities, but if it's a good basketball series, I think people will be invested mm-hmm. in it and watch.
0: And if it like, if if Atlanta gets hot and gets past the buck somehow, Marcus, like this could be the start of something. Like I think if Atlanta is actually, you know, they've got the rap of being a bad sports town, but if, if the Hawks are, if this is the start of something for the Hawks, potentially like you, you've just established a new NBA city, so to speak. And let's not forget, People like going to Atlanta.
1: Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're trying to lure um, young <laughs> black men to your city, <laughs> there are some activities
0: that yep, yep. should help seal the deal. I mean, it's it's almost it's almost like magical. Like you could almost say Atlanta's like a magic city, Marcus. In that yeah. respect,
1: a magic chocolate city
0: <laughs> with 11 pepper wings. Yes. The most delicious city in America. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so those are our thoughts on the NBA. we will we'll, we'll be looking forward to it. We'll be back, we'll be back in a couple weeks, and, and we'll have a clearer idea of how these series are going to roll. Uh, but before we get out of here, Marcus, we did mention off the top that there was a pay-per-view this weekend that only one of us watched, and the one of us that watched really only watched a match or two. Hmm. It's WWE. Hell in a cell, Marcus. The the final pay per view from the Thunderdome. How could you not watch this? Oh man.
1: R.I.P. Thunderdome.
0: Like what? What a better way to cap off your Father's Day than <laughs> watch that pay per view, Marcus?
1: Yeah, I was in, I was in Vegas. I was I was not watching. Uh, granted, I wasn't doing anything at that point. I was in the room because it was just too hot. But uh, <laughs> I was I, that was actually during uh, NBA, so I was watching basketball.
0: Mm. So. Yeah, like Hell of a Cell to me, Marcus. We're not going to go through the pay-per-view because there are other shows that can recap it better for you, uh, namely Post Wrestling, Place of Be Nation, uh, PW Torch. You can check those out uh, if you want in-depth recaps, Sunday night's main event. Uh, but just overall, Marcus, what I thought about while watching what I watched of the show and then going back and seeing the coverage of it is just – WWE storytelling just isn't hitting right now. <laughs> like, there's just, there's there's no rhyme or reason. Like, we're getting continual rematches and, you know, stories that don't make sense and characters that aren't put in the best positions to succeed. And I'm wondering, Marcus, is this like a WWE thing that has just been exacerbated over the last year? Or is this more, uh, more a reaction to covid and the changes they've had to make during this past year. So like I guess what I'm asking is is this a pre-existing problem that we're just now noticing how bad it is or is this something that was made worse by the circumstances?
1: It was made I mean let's not like pretend the the product was great before covid. Um <laughs> I think we've been a we've been in a downstretch for a few years now and even mm-hmm. Remember all those, remember back when there were fans and people would like tweet photos of like Raw and how empty it was? Mm. Like we, we've sort of been on the stretch and now because of COVID, you take out the fan element, which, you know, depending on the city would at least entertain you watching these three hour shows. Then, yeah, you, you pay more attention to that, what's happening, you know, what's actually going on and you realize, hey, maybe, maybe naming a wrestler Dewdrop. Is uh
0: as a, a pretty stupid idea. So here's the thing what, about okay, since you brought it up, Marcus, here's the thing uh-huh. about that. Like, I don't know what makes me more frustrated as a fan. That you took this woman, uh, Piper Niven, that's a legit wrestler, can do, do the thing in the ring, and you saddled her with even re and this Dewdrop character. I don't know if that makes me more upset or the fact that you gave away what could have been, like, months worth of story in one night, where Dewdrop turns on her cruel master. Like, I don't know which one makes me worse, that you gave us this lazy story, or that you didn't even have the decency to tell the lazy story correctly.
1: After, after two weeks. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> it'll be interesting because, you know, we had fans of WrestleMania, but that mm-hmm. was you know, not a full stadium by by any means. Having fans back in the arena for, especially for Raw, for example, we're about to find out what people really think about the product. And Mm -hmm. I am not sure if the company is prepared for (laughs) what might come, especially, I don't know where that first Raw is, to be honest. Um, It's probably in Texas somewhere since I think that's where, Money in the bank, yes, but maybe let's just focus on money in the bank. I could see that crowd being extra vocal for all the wrong reasons, mm. and um, I will be curious to see, you know, what kind of reports and what kind of changes we start seeing after fans are, are brought back.
0: Yeah, that's that's a really good point, Marcus. Because the one kind of luxury, I guess, for the WWE creative team is for the past year, you haven't had to worry about live reactions to your storytelling. Uh, even if somebody wanted to act a fool on the Thunderdome screen, you could just click, click them off Uh and mute them like I did to Marcus earlier. Um, mm-hmm. But when they're there, man, you, you can't control these folks. And so, like, honestly, outside of Roman Reigns, like, I don't know if there's a story currently on the roster that, that is a good one. And I hate to even say it like that. Uh, but, like, the Alexa Bliss stuff. Like, I don't know what the hell they doing with Alexa Bliss. Uh, yeah. Nikki Cross. Like, I love Nikki Cross. But coming out here with the little butterfly, I, I, I saw that that was something that meant something to her. So cool that she got to do something that meant something to her. But they didn't go out of their way to make it mean something to me as a viewer. And that's the fault of the company, not the performer. So, like, I'm wondering, Marcus, like, outside of Roman – are any of these stories going to have legs, you know, to SummerSlam? Like, not even thinking about Money in the Bank, but, like, the next big thing. Like, when we get to SummerSlam, do you think we're going to have a, a complete kind of revamp of what they've been doing the last year? Um,
1: I think it depends on the direction they're going to SummerSlam. If, if they want to start leaning on part-timers again because they're trying to fill the stadium. Oh, top of Goldberg to get that win back. No, no not that, not that part timer. <laughs> um, but then it, what happens the night after raw, when those part timers are gone, every back mm-hmm. to square one, you know, especially, I mean, they got it. It's raw. Raw is supposed to be your flagship show. Yep. Especially coming off pay-per-views and it is, I mean, I don't watch raw. Um, I listen to recaps about Raw. <laughs> it sounds dreadful. Raw is and, a struggle. You know, even if it was two hours, Raw sounds dreadful. Mm. I think they need to figure out how do you how do you fix that show. Um, and it's going to take more than hot-shotting John Cena or you know mm. bringing it back to Brock Lesnar. Uh, I you know personally. If you were trying to really shape things up, I would get rid of the brand split Mm. and go back to one roster, two shows. At least have your writers, you know, some type of synergy between the two shows and have them communicating. But I I think the days of having sort of one roster on, on, on Raw in particular, I think it's just hurting the show. There's just not enough talent that people care about that can sort of support a show like that.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, you bring up the part-timers, and I do feel like, you know, we're going to see Cena. We're we're probably going to see Brock. And honestly, I think there is something you could do with Brock and Lashley that, that could be cool. Unfortunately, I don't trust these writers to be able to pull it off, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think they've got to be honest with themselves about the type of product they're putting out. And now... You know, they, they're living in a in a wrestling world where they're still the biggest dog on the block, but they're not the only dog on the block. You know, now that AEW is, you know, established as a legit yeah. number two. And, and I feel like hopefully that pressure will force them to improve on their storytelling because they've got all the talent in the world, Marcus. It's not the talent's fault, you know? Yeah. Like – Mustafa Ali didn't tell y'all to make this man a part of retribution. Like that, that ain't what that brother asked you to do. Uh, you know, uh, Piper Niven didn't ask you to make her do drop. Uh, like it's not the talent's fault. It's the creative and the position that they're putting this talent in. So I'm, I'm hoping that they can improve on that. I, I think the big question for you though, Marcus, because we had that announcement. Mm-hmm. You mentioned how much you love Las Vegas, certain event. Coming to Vegas. Will you be in attendance, brother? No. <laughs> no. Just flat out no. No.
1: Uh no. <laughs> so no mania for Marcus until until it gets back to LA. No me, man. No SummerSlam for me.
0: SummerSlam, no yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. thinking about I was thinking about mania, yeah, my bad. No. Um
1: I mean, be, I'm sure it'll be fun just because, you know, new stadium and and that. But based on what we're currently seeing, <laughs> uh, no. Uh,
0: um, You're telling me you don't want to be live in attendance when we finally get that do-drop even re 60-minute classic? No, I don't.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would like to see John Cena. That'd be cool. Mm. Uh, Brock would be
0: cool. But the rest of the card... Yo, they need to get the most out of Cena they can right now because this dude finna like between Fast and the Furious and uh, Suicide Squad dropped a new trailer today. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like this dude's always kind of been on that trajectory, but I think this is gonna be the year where I'm not gonna say he's gonna get as big as The Rock, but this is gonna be the year where he's kind of on that Batista level, where like I don't need to do, I don't need to wrestle unless I want to. Yeah, and so. They, they got to make the most of the time they have left with this dude. I think, you know, what doesn't get enough
1: mention or love is the fact that this company was able to produce three mm. Hollywood stars in, in The Rock, Batista, and John Cena. Um, that's not easy. And I think, think you're forgetting one, brother. If God, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, really, I mean, if honestly, I mean, he was really the first Rock in terms Terry, of crossing over into Hollywood, and granted he wasn't doing, you know, granted he was on Rocky and stuff, but he wasn't like doing great movies. I mean, or great TV series. Mister Nanny, the yeah,
0: The Suburbia Commando, Three Ninjas, Three Ninjas. <laughs> wow, yeah. So he was. He I was said ninjas,
1: brother. Terry. Ninjas. Mm-hmm. Him and Piper were, were the two that were, Yep, because yep. Macho Man didn't really cross over like that. Um, no. Not until later, really. Spider-Man, he was involved. But in terms of it being in his prime, it was Piper mm-hmm. and it was Hogan. And I guess Andre, did. he did what the one movie the like Princess, Princess Bride.
0: Bride.
1: But that was, he was, in that, that was about it, right? He was right? in
0: that one movie with uh, Billy Crystal where Billy Crystal was like the referee, wasn't he? am I thinking of something bas- else. Was it a basketball movie? Yeah, like Billy Crystal was a... I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in that movie. Let's see. He was a, like, Billy Crystal's a ref. that got kicked out of the NBA because he kept, like, giving people technicals. Something like that. I'm, I'm misremembering. I'm um, on this IMDb now. Cause he gave oh that that's the scene. He gave Kareem a tech in Kareem's final game, and he and uh-huh. he was like Kareem. Kareem's like, you can't kick me out. This is my last game. And he's like, well, consider this a going away present. <laughs> and gave him a T.
1: <laughs> Why don't I remember this? Uh, Andre the Giant was in Zorro for an
0: episode.
1: Mm. Uh
0: Something called I think Meg Ryan might have been in that movie too, the basketball movie. Hmm. You sure it was Andre? Oh. Andre died,
1: what ninety four? Okay.
0: I think m- what I might be thinking of is in the at the end of the basketball movie, he had a dedication that said for Andre. Oh, okay. Because they worked together on <laughs> Princess Bride.
1: Okay, that makes more sense.
0: Yeah, but I can't remember what what the like name of that basketball the, movie was. Billy Crystal's IMDb. <laughs> yeah, I Paris? think it, no. It, was it Midnight in Paris? Something like that. Forget
1: Paris. Forget yeah, Paris. Yeah, I that's think. That's what it was. Yes.
0: Yeah. So yeah, he was an NBA referee that like I think got kicked out of the league or something. That was
1: 1995. So that that lines up. Oh, so funny. I'm on the IMDb, and um, a friend from high school, his father, was an actor. And he it was in...
0: Yeah,
1: he was... Um, his name was Robert Costanzo. He, you probably would not know his name at all. He's been in a bunch of movies. I think the the one thing you might remember him the most from was he was in Fresh Prince one episode. Mm. When... Uh, I think it was when Uncle Phil went back to his old place. Uh let's see. Oh no. Take that back. It was it was uh Will. Let's see here. He played the character of Duke. Okay. Okay, yeah, I'm
0: I'm looking at, when I'm looking
1: when, at- when Will went back to Philly, that's the episode he was in.
0: Okay. Yeah, he looks familiar. Like, he's, like, he's one of those actors. Like, yes. you, don't, you don't know him, but he's like, oh, that guy. <laughs> hmm
1: Yeah. So okay.
0: He was, uh... Oh, he was acting for a minute. He was in Barney Miller <laughs> back in the 70s. Yeah. The Bob Newhart show, Ber- Beretta. <laughs> Beretta, wow. <laughs> Cagney and Lacey, my man, was on all these cop shows. G- Give me a break. Yeah. So... Hunter with a... Uh, Fred, is that Fred Dreyer? Yeah, Fred Dreyer. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, my man was... Oh, my man was in a... uh, He played Detective Bullock in in the Batman video game. Like, okay, my man out here getting money. Mm Mm-hmm. Still acting, too. Okay, Modern Family. Yeah, still acting. Okay, Robert Costanzo. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he he was in City Slickers, too, so that might make sense. He's got okay. a relationship with Billy Crystal. Yeah. So. so, yeah, but, yeah, forget Paris was Billy Crystal as an NBA ref. And then at the end, I think you're right, because this is right after Andre had died. He put at the end, it was like a title card, and said, uh, for Andre, you'll always be my giant. Okay. Oh, that's so sweet. that's where I was mixing it up. Um, so, yeah, that was <laughs> – That was Billy Crystal Corner here on the Kings of Sport. (laughs) Uh, But I guess real quick, Marcus, last thing on wrestling for you. I mentioned AEW. Have you been keeping up with AEW? And if so, any thoughts on the current product, even as it is being uh, preempted by the playoffs right now? I saw
1: the pay-per-view, and I think I saw the diamond before the pay-per-view the night before. Oh, see, so you see.
0: What, what you saying is you saw that man called Sting out there doing work?
1: Yeah, I saw that. It was that was fine. <laughs> uh, I have not watched a lot of the Friday night stuff so far. I watch Saturday with Omega mm. and and Jungle Boy. Uh, I think th- they're just it sucks just that they got moved around, but
0: yeah, you know
1: I mean, that's part of the reason why they're probably moving to TBS is to avoid yeah, the so stuff they, they they won't have, have
0: this problem, problem on TBS.
1: Yeah, yeah. but. Um, you know, I think Cody should take a nice long break, go home, be a family <laughs> man. Um, don't rush back. <laughs> and Did
0: you know, Marcus? Are- he's having a biracial baby.
1: Yeah, good job, man. They need a, they need a Tyrone in the room. <sighs> Someone <sighs> to say the same thing. Cody, don't don't do this. But he yeah, he almost jeopardized his invite to the cookout. <laughs> oh yes. It, he can, I mean, he can come just the strength off of Dusty alone. But
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah we, get don't, him we don't. You do to talking. your daddy.
1: Yeah, I think once they get back to fans, I think that's gonna help a lot. Yeah, and uh, you know the the four shows in July, I think are cool. I don't have an issue that they're all themed. That's fine. And that that New York show, I think will be. I think sort of their their coming out party.
0: Yeah, the Arthur Ashe, like that's it. gonna be crazy.
1: Yeah, that is. Uh, if if I can make it to New York, I would I would go to that show. But uh,
0: have I mean, you uh, venue... have you been to the the stadium before? I'm, you know, I no, know you were I've, in New York I've for a while.
1: Never been to the U.S. Open. Never been to Arthur Ashe. They have recently redone it, so they they now have a it's domed, it's roofed, so okay. they don't talk about weather. I think that's gonna be a, a crazy environment. And, yeah,
0: that's that's a really cool venue for wrestling. It's just,
1: yeah, that's a very... And even, you know, Daly's Place is a a unique venue. They Mm -hmm. they find sort of these venues that are not your traditional arenas. And I think it sort of adds to the ambiance. And I would like to see them do that more, especially... remember, you know, back in the day when Nitro would go to Disney World or... Yep. um, They would do shows at Spring Break on the beach, like... Just getting out of that. Go to Sturgis and not Sturge, charge people. Well, yeah, <laughs> uh, getting out of that building or a building and doing something different, I think, just adds a lot of character to your to your show. Mm. And you know, I hope they continue to do more of that as we get fans uh, back in the midst.
0: Yeah, I think that atmosphere is going to be electric uh, in New York. Like as as much as I'm not the biggest fan of the city, Marcus, like you can't downplay how crazy those fans are um you know i I mentioned on on another show last week like if you go back and look at some of those impact shows during Mm -hmm. some of the the worst times in impact wrestling those new york shows were always on fire even as bad as impact was back then so like if they can have that type of atmosphere for impact it's gonna be that much crazier for AEW. so i'm looking forward to it
1: and that could have easily you know, tried to run MSG and try to Mm -hmm. stick it to WWE. But instead, you know, they didn't go to Barclays. They didn't go to MSG. Yep. They went totally left and introduced a new venue that I, I don't think most people would have considered for wrestling.
0: And now, now I'm just thinking about that Cody promo that night, Marcus. We're here as Americans in a stadium. I'm a white man in a stadium named for a black man. That played tennis. God oh. bless America. <laughs>
1: I'm just glad they're not doing this show around the the 20th anniversary of 911 because Cody would have gone.
0: Cody until, would have been out of pocket. Yeah, he would
1: have gone too far.
0: It's like, like yeah. Now, now you got to go sit in the corner for real, Cody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the state of wrestling right now. Like one company is uh seeming to be. Picking up steam, and the other companies just kind of running in place. But but I am interested, Marcus, to see the reactions on both sides once we do get to the summer, or deeper into the summer, I guess, and start to have more fans come back. It's and I mean, we've seen the fans
1: dictate storylines in the past, and mm-hmm. I would not to be would not be surprised if that happens again with with some of these angles that they're running out there, where the fans are just going to reject it. And no one wants to, you know, performers, vents, no one wants to sit there and feel like your your work is getting shitted on. So I think they <laughs> have shown in the past that they they will pivot. They have the ability to pivot on some things, and they'll be forced to with some of these things.
0: Oh uh, Marcus, I'm going to try out some new technology and see if I can bring this comment up for you uh, on the screen here. Mm-hmm. See if that, can you see it? Ah, yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My mom was a bit Doink fan, Doink and danger.
0: Big fan of Doink the clown. <laughs> yes. <sighs> yes, that's as as very cool. We appreciate you. That's that's love right there, Marcus Vanderburg.
1: Listening to me, banter for ninety minutes.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh but uh i guess before we get out of here marcus uh anything else you know in the world of sports pro wrestling uh that, that you want to hit on before we uh say goodbye to the people for another week uh because it'll like i said earlier it'll probably be another two weeks probably before the next show um well of sports. anything baseball nfl you want to hit on real quick uh, spider tack no, attack. <laughs>
1: Oof, no. Uh, Stanley Cup's been doing on. Well, I haven't watched much hockey unfortunately. it has shut up <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, here's the thing Marcus and maybe this is just because I've become a degenerate gambler because of BetMGM mm-hmm. I had more interest in the US Open this past week in the golf tournament than in the Stanley Cup finals because I had money on that man uh, what was his name Richie Henley, Robbie Henley why were you betting on him? Cause the, the odds, odds, man, the odds um, were amazing. Like I, I bet five dollars, and I could have won ninety-five dollars. Um, <laughs> like there's a reason I, I I know who Martin Truex is because he gives me good odds every week. NASCAR. There you go. <laughs> um. Oh, we have a we have a Conor fight in, in two weeks. Or oh, three that's weeks. right. That's right. Yeah, Conor's back. I don't know how I'm, I don't know how we're supposed to feel about that, Marcus. I mean, he's gonna lose, Poirier. Um I mean, you know, you missed the. We missed talking about the big Floyd fight. I know that's weather.
1: That- yeah, people are upset about that. It's suckers. <laughs> um. Oh, we missed. What was this past weekend? Oh, Anderson Silva. Yeah. The the
0: boxer now. Yeah, he looked good. He looked he looked competent. I mean he probably I mean, be a real fighter I was going to say like these else. days what is the sliding scale of competence in boxing when you got these Paul brothers out here getting checks I mean he, Anderson could be the king of the non boxers if he, if king he, he the wanted non-boxes. to clean up yeah
1: if he <laughs> wanted to beat up the Pauls or beat up uh, Lamar Odom which would be interesting to the size yeah uh, he could do that but
0: if you put them in with someone who is legitimate, it, and, all of this like kind of triller and whatever, however you want to classify this arena of boxing, Marcus, it feels almost like the original UFC. Like remember, like back in the day, the where it was just kind of yeah. like the tournament of like different fighting styles, and you'd have like a big fat sumo dude fighting a little skinny karate man.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like it feels kind of like that. And I don't think
1: it hurts the sport. I know people are very upset. The boxing purists are, you know, very bothered by mm. some of these attractions. But the more eyeballs that are watching boxing, the yeah. better. And
0: Especially just, you if know. you do, like, I think some of these cards have done, like, a mix between kind of the sideshow stuff and actual legit fights. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's a lot of people who wouldn't be watching the legit fight if not for the sideshow. Yeah. But I I think I figured it out, Marcus. There's somebody, if we were, you know, to to come into some money and start our own trailer, there's one fight that I would headline it with. What's that? You know, because you got to take somebody with a big name that's not a boxer and then, like, somebody with a little bit of credibility. So I would take somebody who I want to see get punched in the face, and we just talked about him a little while ago. Terry Balea will headline the Kings of Sport Boxing event. Terry Balea. Versus our man. I know you remember this, brother. Remember Tony the Tiger? That fought the Charlo brother? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Tony, was it Tony Harris? Tony Harrison. Tony Harrison, yeah. Tony the Tiger Harrison versus Hulk Hogan in my main event, Marcus. Are you you trying to get Terry killed? I mean, he'll have have to sign a waiver, so we, we don't have any... Once you sign the paperwork, my hands are clean. I thought you were going to say like Titus or someone. The Titus, oh, that would be interesting because I know Titus. That's the guy, Marcus, who I want to hear do a tell-all, do a shoot it's interview about once, it, once about his, his time with the company. Once his time is done, because I'm, I'm sure that brother has stories. I mean, he's he
1: got suspended for quote unquote assaulting Vince Mann, So yes. How dare really you alone. touch me with with those hands? Yeah.
0: Uh. Yeah. So I look, I there's a lot more I was gonna say about uh that Vince situation, Marcus, but I just remembered, like I'm officially with the with the Nubian wrestling advocates. We're officially part of post-wrestling now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I don't want to besmirch John and Wade's reputation. Not yet. Not yet. Like let's give it. Let's give it a couple months. Yeah, and then we can get into my Vince McMahon impressions. Uh, so before we get out of here, Marcus, uh, if you want to let the people know what you got going on and uh, where they can find your work and uh, anything else that that the people might be interested in, brother.
1: Yeah, you can find me on social media
0: at Marco Will M A R C O W I L L. Very cool. And any anything coming up in terms of like NBA coverage? Uh, No, just conference finals and then uh, the finals
1: begin, it looks like July 8th. Mm. Um, It could start the sixth, depending on how these series play out, but um, no later than July 8th.
0: Very cool. Very cool. You can follow me on Twitter at in the number eight M-O-Z-A-I-K at Nate Mosaic on Twitter. Uh, You can check out a number of the different shows that I do, in addition to the Kings of Sport, uh, there is uh, the aforementioned Nubian Wrestling Advocates, the NWA podcast. Now, officially a part of Post Wrestling, uh, myself, Chris from LA, Andrew Thompson. Our first episode is up. Uh, Marcus is the Marcus is like our shadow consultant uh, for that for that show, which is funny. Uh, given that he is an ambassador for team Lightskin. But how do you think that first show came off Marcus? Honestly.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, we already talked about some of the, the, the tech issues before we hit live. I was more surprised ab- about the reaction from, and I don't, I don't even want to call them postmarked because I don't know if they're really um, you know, true fans of, of John and way, but uh, I will say it was pretty disappointing to see some of the comments that were directed towards you guys about the show that were not, you know, constructive like comments. Yeah, it wasn't constructive. No, it 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 felt, you know, strictly 100% racial.
0: Yeah, like I thought I think for the most part Marcus, like I would say overwhelmingly the response was po- was positive from the postmarks, mm-hmm. but the people that were wrong wanted to be wrong and loud and they yeah they certainly made their voices heard but I think like overall the response was positive and, and like those are the people that we're doing the show for the yeah. people that you know want to have a conversation the people that want to talk about these things and so you know the people that want to keep being ignorant like they can they, they can keep being ignorant and I can I can keep muting them uh, and that's mm-hmm. that's how that story goes
1: and, and you know that, as I, that's not the majority of post-wrestling listeners so I want to make that clear but yeah that was, uh, I shouldn't have been surprised to see that, but I was also surprised to to see that.
0: Yeah. Like I, I think the one thing nobody could dispute was, uh, the, the theme song is fire. Like even, yeah, that was, yeah. even the people that ain't like the show, they were like, Oh, that theme song was the best damn part of this thing. <laughs> So shout out to Righteous Reds for that one. Uh, But, yeah, you can check out the Kings of Sport. Uh, I mean, you can check out the Anubian Wrestling Advocates, which used to be part of the Kings of Sport Patreon. Uh, You can find that at patreon.com slash the Kings of Sport for the original episodes of that show. But going forward, they are now going to be on post-wrestling. So uh, we're proud to be a part of that family uh, or continue our relationship with that family, and you can check that out there. Uh, There's another new podcast, Marcus, that I've got coming out. We don't know when, uh, but we did have our big, uh, speaking of coming out parties, we did have our big unveiling of our Twitter account yesterday. And that's the Naomi podcast uh, for uh, the Naomi series, which is going to be on CW, uh, uh, produced by Ava DuVernay. Uh, And so it's about. uh, Okay, now it all makes sense. Yeah. So it's uh, this young. A uh, girl named Naomi McDuffie and kind of we, we don't know the exact details, but I have read the comic behind it. And it's a really cool story. So we'll see how uh, they bring this character to live action. Uh, so you can check out the Naomi podcast uh, and our Twitter handle is at Naomi podcast. So you can follow that for more information about the show. It's uh, going to be me and and uh America's sweetheart, uh, Brittany Monet, doing that show. Marcus.
1: America's sweetheart. America's not
0: safe for words, sweetheart. Virginia. Yes. <laughs> uh, so you got that. Uh, of course, the main event on Place of the Nation with me, Scott Criscola and Steve Willie, who me and Steve Willie are going to have our friendship tested during this Bucks Hawks series, Marcus, because uh, he's a Bucks fan. So we'll see if uh, our friendship is strong enough to withstand the conference finals. Uh, I think that's it.
1: Yeah. Do you, I think you that's have, it. Do you have a date for the Nets? NWA show yet
0: the next oh the NWA show is going to be out on the second Sunday of every month okay going forward so our next show will be the second Sunday in July and we're still working on uh, the the guest list for that one but uh July yeah 11. so it, July 11th is going to be the next 7-11 because we we yes. we gonna keep it open <laughs> for the NWA podcast you can check that out of post-wrestling uh but yeah again if you want more on that you can follow me at in the number eight m o z a i k so that's that's all the plugs i got Marcus vandenberg too many of you're a busy man you know just trying, to, trying to trying to stay relevant in these streets Marcus <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah that's gonna do it for this episode of the show uh happy c p t Juneteenth Marcus
1: yeah we didn't we didn't talk about how Corporate America to corporate America to Juneteenth, so we'll we'll let that one yeah. go. We'll sit them
0: for next year. <laughs> when, like, I'm I'm already I already know these uh, department stores gonna have a Juneteenth sales. Like, we're not we're not here for it.
1: No, I mean, uh, listen, black people didn't know about Juneteenth for the most part, so we're now expecting outside people to to fully comprehend this holiday it's, it's gonna be a, it's gonna take some years before people sort of understand
0: yeah i'm not i'm not here for the old navy singing and dancing juneteenth commercial or, or the, the happy juneteenth from
1: nah just mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> no it was probably McDonald's. That, no yeah no no uh-uh. <laughs> you know,
0: but uh if yeah you, so if, you, happy,
1: if you don't know what to say just say nothing at all You're
0: just not say fine. nothing at all just yeah uh so happy belated Juneteenth. And uh, I, I'm i trying to think, because the next time we do a show, it might June – it might be the end of June.
1: It'll probably be later. So if we do in two weeks, it'll be right before the finals.
0: Okay. So, yeah. So I might as well like, like happy six. happy yeah. Pride Month for everybody out there. It's celebrating Pride Month. Uh, again, shout out to that man, Carl Nasser. Nassib? Nassib. Nassib. Yeah. Because I – Again, like, I only saw the man's name written. So I thought, again, he was like this badass Middle Eastern brother. Like, Carl Nassib. Like, this might be my favorite player. Then, yeah, Carl Nassib. But either way, yes. shout out to you, brother. But uh, that's going to do it, Marcus. We did it. Another episode. And we'll be back in two weeks with uh, more of uh, more NBA talk and maybe even some more wrestling talk if the WWE can get their act together. Maybe. Possibly. So, uh But thank everybody who uh, tuned in this afternoon. Appreciate y'all. And for those who are listening in the future via the podcast version, uh, yeah, this is something me and Marcus have really started doing during the pandemic is doing recording our episodes live. So we'll be digging into the live interaction, the feedback and whatnot. And uh, we'll see where this thing goes. But until then, uh, stay tuned because we'll be back in two weeks with another episode of the world's most dangerous podcast, The Kings of Sport podcast so for marcus vanderberg and for his nephew trey young i am the godfather nate milton and in the words of shaquille "Uh uh uh (laughs) (laughs) o'neal underdog put that on the t-shirt because you've been down with the king Well, that's all for this week's edition of The Kings of Sport. Be sure to come back next week for an all new episode. You can leave feedback for the show on Twitter at kos underscore pod or via Gmail at thekingsofsport at gmail.com. Don't forget to like and rate us on iTunes and telephone. The Kings of Sport is a production of the Mosaic Podcast Network. Whether you like it or not, he's back. D-A-D-D-Y-F-X-X. As a tech, like a Let me tell you something, mean gene. I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna leave it all on the mat. Cause that's what I do when I get it done so I can do it. Yeah! What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Thanks for the foot loan, IRL Marshawn. No problem, tiny virtual marshawn